Yesterday, I had an opportunity to take my two sons out to get Susie a Mother's Day gift and get her a couple of things, and Alicia was with Susie at the shower, and um, so Jeffrey and Mark came with me, and we're out getting things. It was, it was a good time. We sang all to us this, this morning, and we had just heard that in the car, and so Mark's just walking through the store, the top of his lungs saying, let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Over and over, and people are like, oh, and it was it was precious. It was awesome, and um, but it was it was neat because we were, as I was thinking about it, and thinking about the impact and the implications of this Mother's Day, for us, we we've added two new children to our home that are officially adopted this year. And I was thinking about that and what that means for them to be adopted, what that means for them to celebrate Mother's Day. I found out it also means that Jeffrey is very quick to tell Susie when she gets home what we got. <laughs> because he loves her so much. And so she's, she's not in the door five seconds and she's like, and he's like, we got you a pot of daisies to plant out back. And I'm like, no, no, that's hidden for tomorrow. Um, but that's, I, I think moms understand and that's part of the, the preciousness of Mother's Day and our love for our moms. Today, I'd like to, to take some of our comments about mothers, and we shared about the, the things that make our mothers precious, the things we love about our mothers, the wisdom they pass on, and I'd like to go a completely different direction with that. And I'll just warn you of that up front, and so, so don't skewer me right away. We, you can do that a little later. But, but I'd like to, to jump back to the book of Mark, where we've been studying, and look at one teaching of Jesus, as it has to do with families, and understand what he taught, and then go back and read a number of passages about mothers in light of the teaching of Jesus. And just see where that takes us this morning. See what that the implications are of that for our church. And what does it mean, for instance, to be adopted? What does that mean on Mother's Day? Not physically adopted, but from the standpoint of every one of us that are believers are adopted. Every one of us. And so what does that mean for the church on on a a day like Mother's Day, on a day like Father's Day? So turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. I know last week we started a two-part series on traditions in Mark, and that today is not the day we're finishing that. On the way home last week, Susie several times said, you know, you said next week. Like, I didn't mean next week. I meant the next time we come to that, because this is, this is um, a different passage we'll be looking at today. But Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and I'd like to start at verse 20. And we'll be looking at this passage again in two weeks, and we'll be looking at the middle section of it in two weeks. But today I'd like to look at the beginning and the end. And if you look at verse 20, and this is right after the passage that Pastor Andrew taught on a few weeks ago, the crowds are coming and they're pressing in on Jesus. And so he gets off to a mountain and he prays and he, he chooses the 12 apostles to, to help him with the work and distributes the work. And then we hit verse 20. Then he, being Jesus, then he went home and the crowd gathered again. So they could not even eat. Now that is a crowd. You can't even fix a meal if you can't even find time to sit down. But the people have seen the healing power of Jesus. 
They're not all there for the Messiah, unfortunately, but they're there for the celebrity and they've seen the healing power of Jesus and they're pressing in and so they, they can't even eat. In verse 21, and when his family heard it, Jesus' family, they went out to seize him for they were saying he is out of his mind. And the translation there is literally he's gone berserk. And, and because they're watching Jesus and they're watching their brother and, and Mary's watching her son and they're saying, what is going on? We didn't raise a celebrity. We raised a carpenter. And, and what this, this whole scene, everything that's going on is, is nuts. And so they go to grab him and to take him out of that, literally to, to help him come to his senses. They had no idea what Jesus' true intention was what was really happening. And then Mark inserts another story, and and that's why we'll look at this other story in two weeks, and and he's inserting it because it connects, and we'll look at that connection when we look at the middle story, but about the the scribes and the Pharisees coming and saying, well, your power is really coming from Satan. And we get into Jesus' answer to them about that and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. and But jump down to verse 31, because that's where the story with his family picks back up. And his mother and his brothers came. And so in that middle time, they, they were on their way. And they finally come. And standing outside, which is probably because there's so many people inside, that just like the paralytic that they let down through the roof, Mary and the brothers are, are outside and they can't get in. Standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. That, that's, that's important that we understand what they're really saying. They're not just passing on a message. There's a whole lot of cultural implications that come with this. And, and they're sitting around, which implies this is a normal, systematic time of teaching where Jesus is not so much preaching, but He's teaching and interacting. And they're sitting there, and they say, your, your mother and your brothers are outside. Now remember, what's one of the Ten Commandments that they held dear and we should hold dear? Honor your father and your mother in Exodus chapter 20. And so behind this is a cultural assumption and a cultural understanding that he needs to drop everything. He needs to drop everything because mom and his brothers are outside. His family is outside. And they want him. Verse 33. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Let me read verse 35 again. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And in one short sentence, Jesus turns everything on its head. Just upsets the apple cart, upsets culture, makes them think, and they're like, what? What did you just say? And maybe he repeated it too. I don't know. But he was redefining what it meant to be family. And if you look at the basis of that redefinition, the basis, he says, is those, whoever, opening it up to to anyone, whoever that does the will of my Father, or does the will of God. And he's not teaching salvation by works here. But he's teaching that 
those that have a, a rep, that repent and have a faith in Christ and follow Christ, they will be doing the will of the Father, and the fruit will match. And so what he's saying is family changes. Family changes, and it broadens, it expands to now include all of our adopted brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is revolutionary. They really wouldn't have known what to do with this. But Jesus here brings up an important point that I want to talk about this morning. What difference does it make that family is now broadened by Jesus? The concept of family is broadened to include my brothers and sisters in Christ. My fathers and my mothers in Christ. Now understand this. We know from from comparing Scripture to Scripture and looking at Jesus' teaching in Mark 7 and even what we looked at two weeks ago with Jesus on the cross saying, John, take care of Mom. Mom, this is your son. We know that Jesus was not saying, don't take care of your current family. Because by teaching and by example, He continued to do so. But what He's doing is He's expanding and saying, we need to consider that we have a much bigger family than we think we do. We had a, a family over that was visiting from Reno last night, and we, they, they have four kids, and we have three, and that was fun. And um, it was loud. It was great, though. It was awesome. And we're just trying to seat everybody, and, and we're like, well, how do we fit everybody? And we, we don't usually sit 11 at our table. And, and we found a way, and family had to expand. It had to increase. And we know that Jesus here, the main idea of what He's teaching... And the simple idea, but, but revolutionary idea is Jesus expands family to include all believers. Jesus expands family to include all believers. So if you think of it as a progression, and I think I gave you a couple arrows there, faith in Christ leads to adoption into God's family. Okay, we, we've talked about this before at length. Faith in Christ leads to adoption in God's family. But here's the thing that Jesus is saying, if, if you're adopted and you're adopted and I'm adopted into the same family, we're related. Sorry for some of you. We're related. And so faith in Christ leads to adoption into His family. And adoption into His family leads to additional family ties. Make sense? And so my question this morning is what implications does this simple teaching by Jesus carry for the church? What's the result of this? And one of the results is as a child of God, I have more than one mom. As a child of God, I have more than one mom. Now, Now understand that doesn't negate the role of my mom and I honor her and I love her But that means I have others that I should honor and love too. Because others in the church family are are moms to me. Several of you said, well, she's like a mom to me. That's what we're talking about. And so on Mother's Day, I'd like to read through some of the verses for mothers. And as we do, think not only of your own mom and how that, that, that could apply and how you could honor her, But think in terms of, how can I honor 
the other women at Village that are in my church family the same way? How can I expand my concept of family and make someone that doesn't have a family here that has been a mom to me feel like a mom and feel appreciated? To make someone that has lost their family or, or, or lost their spouse to help them feel still part of family because we are a family. We are. In 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2, Paul is writing to, to Timothy and he's telling Timothy how to treat different people in the, in the church. He says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. And so the instruction is to, to treat the women that are older than you as your mom. To treat them with the dignity, to treat them with the respect, to approach them as you would approach your mom. See, as we think about what moms do, and we started by, by sharing some of the things that we appreciate about moms, it's interesting to me that moms in the church do the same thing. That even when their, their children have gone off and are becoming fathers and mothers themselves, that their role in the church is still mothering. Once a mom, always a mom, right? Is that true? Absolutely. But that's more than just to your own children. And that's a wonderful thing. Moms in the church are often the prayer warriors, aren't they? The ones that hold hope and continue steadfastly in prayer. Moms comfort. Our own moms do that, but I watch moms in the church doing the same thing. In Isaiah 66.13, As a mother comforts her child so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Moms provide care. Where would we be without moms? Where would children be without moms? Besides hungry and tired and not matching. <laughs> That's the care of moms. Well, the same thing happens in the church. Moms provide care in the church. Sometimes we describe our deaconess board as the moms of the church, right? Because they're providing all of the, the care and, and all of the, the different aspects that we as men don't always think of. And, and where would we be without the deaconesses? They are moms in our church. And we honor them. Moms give advice when asked. Moms might take you to coffee and just talk. They encourage they're willing to invest themselves in others. And moms in the church, whether they have their own children or not, are the, the ladies that are willing to invest in others and build into others and to build up others. So when we look at implications, how do we apply this as a church? How do we not only treat our own moms with honor, but treat all the moms in our church with honor? to treat our, our natural mothers and our spiritual mothers in a way that celebrates Mother's Day. First implication I have there is, as you honor your mother, remember to honor your adoptive mothers. And again, we're all adopted into God's family. And so the other moms here are your adopted mothers. 
As you honor your mother, remember to honor your adoptive mothers. Moms need to be esteemed. The word for honor, tamao, in the, in the Greek has the idea of a financial value. And it, it had the idea of not only providing for them in, in their old age and when they weren't able to provide for themselves, but it had the idea of high value or worth or esteem. And so it's something that you treasure. What a great picture for moms. Moms, do you want to be treasured? Do you want to be esteemed highly? And so that's one of the things that Mother's Day is about, is esteeming highly. But again, taking Jesus' instruction that now this is family as well, as a church, how do we esteem our moms? What can you do? And, and, and I'd like to not think of this institutionally. So, so don't say, okay, what can Pastor Ron do to do that? I think he should do this, and, and I think we should have this program. I don't know a lot of moms that really want a lot more programs for esteem. Most moms would like a hug and a kind word. You see, we see Jesus doing this on the cross with John when he says, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home as his mother. We see in Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, the command that we know Jesus again isn't eliminating our current moms, but adding to them. And he's saying, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. But when I think of honoring moms, my mom, my spiritual moms here, I think of setting my heart toward them. Setting my heart toward them. That's one of the ways that I can let them know that I remember them, that I honor them, that I value them. Ways we can do that. And this morning I'd like to just throw out practical ways. And this is something that we don't, that we do for the moms that are in our relationships. And if we don't have any in the church that are in our relationships, we need to add them. But maybe things like include some of the moms in the church and some of the other families in the church in your family functions. If there is a lady in the church that is invested in you, invite them to a birthday party for your children. Invite them to a family function. Something beyond Sunday morning. If we think that we're going to do this just on Sunday morning, we are mistaken. Because most moms like to be esteemed in normal everyday life, not just once in a while. So include them in family functions. Invite them out for a meal. Take them out. Make them part of your life. See, our moms and our wives, they like to know that they are just included in every part of our life, that we're thinking about them. That's what honor means, that we set a priority on them. Abraham Lincoln once summoned a sergeant of of the army to the White House. Surgeon of the army, sorry, he's a major. Sorry, Fred. (laughs) Got to get the ranks right. (laughs) The major assumed that he was to be commended for some exceptional work. During the conversation, Mr. Lincoln asked him about his widowed mother. She's doing fine, he responded. How do you know? asked Lincoln. You haven't written her. 
But she has written me. Moms, is that enough? Lincoln went on to say, she thinks that you're dead. And she's asking for a special effort be made to return your body. At that, the commander-in-chief placed a pin in the young doctor's hand and ordered him to write a letter letting his mother know that he was alive and well. We laugh about that, but it's, it's, it's part of including our moms in every part of our life, letting them know what's going on. And when I look at the church and when I look at our relationships in the church, when we reach out And care in that way, we create family. We create family. One of, one of my spiritual moms here is Ann Nelson. And she's in the back. And John and Ann have been dear, dear friends and supporters. And I I love it when we just, she, she likes to hear about the kids. She likes to hear about just everyday things that are going on. That is not trivial. That is esteeming. That is honoring. May we honor the ladies in our church. The moms in our church. Second thing. Do thoughtful things for your mother. Do thoughtful things for your mothers. It shows you remember them. Moms like to be remembered. Obvious statement of the day. Moms like to be remembered. In Romans 16.13. It's, a, it's again, a simple verse that caught my eye. And it's Paul ending the book of Romans, and he's, he's saying some greetings. And he says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Simple greeting. Simple word of remembering. What do you think that, that meant to Rufus's mother? To Paul's spiritual mother? They're reading the book of Romans. Not one of the lighter books of the New Testament. Filled with theology. And at the end, Paul says, greet Rufus's mom because she's been like a mom to me. And we see Paul doing what Jesus said, expanding the family. And he remembered her. He did a thoughtful thing for her. This might mean greeting on Sunday morning, making sure that that the, the women in our lives and the women that have invested in us here are greeted. It might mean phone calls. Contacting them other times besides Sunday morning. Again, hugs. Lots of hugs. A little gift here and there. See, on Mother's Day, we remember to give our, our moms gifts. But my challenge to us as a church is to remember to give our spiritual moms gifts to expand our view of family. Number three, an implication of Jesus' teaching is to seek their advice, seek the advice of spiritual moms in the church and actually use it. You see, moms like to be helpful. They like to know they're making a difference in the lives they're investing in. And it's one thing to seek someone's advice and to just sort of glaze over as they share it. So, that's nice, thank you. And to go on our way. But as I talk to mothers about their children, 
they notice, like little radar, they notice when their kids do what they've asked or do what they've suggested, especially their adult children. When they've just thrown out a word of advice and and their adult children have grasped onto that and seen the wisdom in that and put that into practice, moms just beam. Right? The same is true in the church. The same is true in our relationships. Seek some of the older women out, especially younger moms that are here. Seek some of the, the moms that have been there before. Seek them out and ask for their input. Ask, what would you do in this situation? We show them value when we do that. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, and in other Proverbs, it's actually throughout Proverbs, we read, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. And in Proverbs, we see the father's instructions, the mother's teaching, as tied to passing on wisdom. And as you take their advice and listen to it, we proclaim their wisdom. We honor their faith and their faithfulness. Moms that are here, even if your kids don't say that, they are watching. They are looking. I love a poem one child wrote to their mom. And again, this not only applies to our physical moms, but I see this happening in the church as we're examples to each other. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator door, and I immediately wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you feed a stray cat, and I learned that it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a favorite cake for me, and I learned that the little things can be special things in life. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you pray, and I knew there was a God whom I could talk to and whom I could trust. When you thought I wasn't looking, I watched you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick, and I learned that all of us need to help take care of each other. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw how you handled your responsibilities, even when you didn't feel well, and I learned to be responsible as I grew up. When you thought I wasn't looking, I noticed how much you cared, and it made me want to be everything that I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I looked. Yes, I am looking at you now. And I just want to say thanks for all the things I saw through you when you thought I wasn't looking. As a church, may we let the spiritual moms that are in our midst, may we let them know that we're looking. That we want their advice, we need their advice. That it's part of the older teaching the younger. May we develop those relationships. Fourth implication. Pray for your mothers. And I purposely make this plural. Because mothers are are, our own moms and our moms in our church. Pray for your mothers and let them pray for you. Pray for your mothers and let them pray for you. Moms are prayer warriors. 
In 1 Timothy 5, a passage we've already used where, where Paul is instructing Timothy how to treat the different ages and, and how to instruct the different ages in the church, he goes on to talk about widows. And I know this is just one segment of, of the older moms in the church, but in verse 5, a few verses later, Paul writes this, She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day. And I read that and I thought about the impact of moms. And I thought about how many times I've seen my mom praying consistently, long-term prayers for things that I might have given up hope a long time ago. And then again, I thought about, well, in the church, is that true? And it's absolutely true. We need to pray for our mom in the church. But we need to let them pray for us. Which implies sharing. Sharing needs. Maybe catching them after church in the gym and saying, you know what, could you pray for me this week about this? You do that with a woman here that's older than you, and I guarantee they'll pray for you. And I guarantee they'll ask about it, and I guarantee they will do battle on their knees for you that week. Don't pass that up. Don't pass that up. Fifth implication. Bless them. Bless them. Speak well of them both to them and in front of others. Proverbs 30, verses 11 and 12. There are those who curse their mothers and do not bless, curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth. And so that's a downer of a Proverbs. Proverb. Think about what it's saying about those that don't bless their mothers. It's saying you're self-centered. It's all about you. And the thing that's all about you is filth. Wow. May we bless our mothers. To bless means to speak well of, to speak success into. Longevity. Prosperity. And it's not a prosperity gospel, but it's, it's saying we speak good things about them and to them. We encourage them We thank them. By way of practical application, I would encourage you as a family to to not only write a Mother's Day card for your mom, but to pick someone else in the church and write them a note that says, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you for investing in my life. Last last implication. We need to care for our mothers. Meet their needs. See, moms need security. Moms need to know that they're cared for. Your mom does, but also your moms in the church need to. And we see James in chapter 1, he's saying take care of the widows in your church. Take care of those in need. And just as we we honor our own mothers by taking care of them and taking care of their needs, we need to open our eyes and and look at the needs of moms around us in the church. Say, how can I meet your needs? 
How can I meet your needs? And in doing so, we're obeying Christ's command to, or His instruction of who is my mother? Who is my family? It's part of honoring them. It's part of what that word means to honor your mother. And we typically think of them as the ones giving us care. And that's true. But then we care back. And we reciprocate that. One 15-year-old boy didn't quite understand this. He was hungry at the end of the day, found his mother in bed, and was seized with concern. Mom, are you sick or something? She said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm not feeling well. And the young man thought about it for a minute, and he was worried. And he finally said, Mom, don't worry a bit about dinner. I'll carry you down to the stove. (laughs) Not where I was going with that. (laughs) Did he get how to care for his mom? No. No, because like the verse in Proverbs about blessing his mom, he forgot to bless her and he forgot to to invest in her. But may we be a church that cares about our mothers, both our, our natural mothers and our extended mothers, our adoptive mothers. I love it when we've had things where we've gone to some of our mom's homes that don't have family and help them out. And I've seen that happen even in the last year where some people have been in need and and people have just gathered around because it doesn't need to be a church function. It doesn't need to be a church program. In fact, I would argue that it should be a family function and a family thing that just happens. And when we see a need as a church and we see an opportunity to care, we jump on it and we're there saying, how can I help? You need your sink fixed? Let me find someone that can do that. You need your lawn mowed? Let me do that. You need your taxes filed? I know someone that can do that. And we come alongside the moms in the church. Part of our vision statement is we're building Christ-focused families that disciple their communities for Him. And that idea of families is not just a nuclear family, but as we teach on it, it involves the church as a family and that we fill in the gaps and are a family to each other. And this Mother's Day, I pray that we come back to the words of Christ where He says, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Today on Mother's Day, Remember that you have more than one mom. More than one mom. And let's be a family as a church. Let's pray. Lord God, our Father, I praise You for the moms that You have given us here at Village. The quality of the wisdom, the depth of their care, the power of their prayer, Lord, I pray that we would honor You by honoring them. 
Lord, may every person here know that they are family and we are adopted together into your family. Lord, at the same time, may we bless our own moms in a way today that helps them know that they are appreciated because they have brought you glory for what they've done. Thank you for the gift of motherhood. In your name, amen.